Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. I am Alan Thomas, and today I'm joined by Nicole Bradford, co-founder and executive director of Transformative Tech Lab. Hello, Nicole. How are you doing? Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, good, good to have you here. You know, we're just going to, and we're just going to jump right into it. Tell us about Transformative Tech Lab. Who are you guys? What do you do? Transformative technologies are tech products and services that specifically affect mental health, emotional well-being, human thriving. So mental health, there's technologies for stress, anxiety, depression. For human thriving, there's technologies to support self-awareness, resilience, creativity, communication, connection. And then for human thriving, there's technologies that can actually even expand mental cognition, emotional capacity. Uh, So that's really sort of like the next level human sort of thing, expanding, extending from where we are today to what the future of humanity looks like. And all of that is transformative technology. So tell us a little bit about your, your background and how you got attracted to this. I was actually in video games. I have a little bit of an odd story. So I was in video games and I ran World of Warcraft China. So I led operations for World of Warcraft China, which if you don't know anything about video games, it was the largest implementation of the largest online video game in the world um, at that at that time. And so I led operations for that. And also because I have a background in strategy, marketing, um, and, uh, sales, I also did go to market 
So I did go to market for nine nationwide Chinese launches. And so it was a pretty big deal. And then I went on a meditation retreat and I felt so profoundly different at the end of that retreat that I started studying psychology, meditation, and neuroscience, and ultimately moved back to the U.S. to found the Transformative Technology Lab, which is a nonprofit where we um, support entrepreneurs to find um, funding, feedback, and friends, and investors in order to be able to find and filter company and co-investors in this space. It's an emerging space, um, but it's stands on the shoulders a great deal of progress in exponential technology as well as medicine and neuroscience and, um, you know, the really large psychological data sets that all of our mobile computing, IoT, um, and, you know, consumer internet companies have generated. Um, so I now, now we're in our fourth year of our conference and um, our lab. And uh, last year we had 600 people uh, attend. Our focus is on entrepreneurs and innovators. So really helping people build companies in this space, because my vision is that anyone who has, a, uh, whether it's a need in mental health, so stress, anxiety, depression, whether it's a you know need in their personal growth, so uh, resilience, um, self-awareness, um, uh, self-awareness, communication, creativity, commit uh, the ability to connect with other people, they have tools. And then also for people who really want to push on the boundaries of what's possible for humans. Um, you know, my vision is that, you know, people are able to find whatever it is they need um, and to find tools and technology that supports them. And so we're really focused on entrepreneurship and supporting that community. So that's our, our audience, entrepreneurs, neuroscientists, engineers. They are the people who are making things um, for the wider world. I guess it'd be safe to say that that your the ultimate mission of the lab is to really focus on the source of all these emerging technologies, which is the human mind. Focus on its overall health. Yes, the um, yeah, that I mean that really, I mean the real focus is is this. Um, you know, we are well. The real focus is to you know ensure that there's a humanity here tomorrow. Really, right? I mean, if we just go out very abstract, um, there isn't. You can't look around the world and see that there's a great deal of um, change that's happening right now. Uh, and we sort of call it the crunch. And, um, you know, there's sociopolitical things, technological things um, that are pushing on it. But one of the biggest things is that, you know, if you're tracking anything that's related to AI, then you know that the sort of work has us move from doing, a lot of doing, to more being. And we're really bad at being. And we don't teach being in our school. Like we don't, uh, we don't, teach social emotional skills, um, but those will be the only way to get compensated in the future. It's going to be all about um, context switching, social emotion, creativity, collaboration, uh, but we don't teach that in our society. So we have this crazy situation where the most important things that make you a contributor to society in the future, we don't teach them anywhere in our society today. We expect people to pick them up from the culture um, there are very few institutional opportunities to learn that. So we have this giant disconnect driven by, um, you know, the speed of change. In the past, when we've had big technological changes, um, you know, the, the steam engine and other things like that, society, human society had time to absorb the change. Um, but we don't have that time now. 
and we have a great deal of visibility worldwide. You know, farmers in rural India have smartphones, and so people can see um, the, you know, the inequalities in the world. Um, and so it's a very, you know, it's a very interesting time for the world where you have the next 15, you know, maybe 20 years to either get what I jokingly call on the road to Starfleet or Hunger Games. Like that's what's happening right now. But I'm incredibly optimistic because every day I talk to entrepreneurs and uh, innovators who are making technologies um, that help people psychologically, um, that help people develop additional skills, um, you know, that are really preparing them to be future ready, which is really what this is all about. So, you know, all of transformative technology is really about getting future ready um, so that, um, you know, we can transition to an abundant world. And for these, these innovators and entrepreneurs that, that you all work with, what's, what's the, when they first come to you, what's the onboarding process like? How do they, uh, what happens when they decide to get started? What happens on day one? People come to us in two ways. One, um, they attend the conference, uh, which is a, a great gathering um, to find like-minded people who are also, you know, going through the same experience of building a company. Or uh, we have a new program that we're starting called the Trans Tech Academy, and it, it's an online program that's modeled after Y Combinator's startup school. And so with that program, people will be around the world because this is a global movement. Uh, people, will be able to, people will be able to get uh, two types of content. One, transformative tech content. And so that includes um, understanding biosignals a little bit more. Like, you know, our people do a lot of stuff that relates to heart rate variability, galvanic skin response, EG. So like really learning what these signals can do, what they can't do, understanding the market size, being able to, um, you know, have the information that helps them have better conversations with investors. Um, and then on the other side, we're actually doing um, a, um, we're actually going to do a bit of personal growth because, you know, I don't know if you've been following a lot of the, you could say Silicon Valley is starting to have a crisis of conscious uh, about, you know, the things that are being built. And you've probably seen like the effects on teenagers or smartphones and that kind of thing. And so, you know, for our company specifically, because every company in our community is deliberately built for the, for the specific purpose of measuring, stimulating, or influencing human psychology, we believe that since you are what you create and you create what you are, who you are is as important as what you build. Because, you know, the micro decisions that you'll make in every single meeting about how you users, how you treat your data, how you think about, um, you know, what it is you choose to create. We have a lot of people, like we have people who are building brain-computer interfaces, right? Um, you know, you really aren't going to want that to get hacked. <laughs> so people need to be really thoughtful about what they're building. And so, um, so we're also doing, we're the, actually the first tech program um, that is as like heavily tech oriented as we are, that is also doing personal development. And so people can come to the conference or they can join the academy and they'll get all of that content and be able to join a global community of like-minded people and get the resources they need to be successful. And I know you mentioned that personal development is actually a part of the program. Do you find that sometimes uh, some of your entrepreneurs may be a little bit resistant to it, or maybe 
because they're entrepreneurs, they're more open to that piece? Well, there's been a bit of a, like there's a, there's a change um, in the way people are thinking about things. One, there's a little bit of self-selection in that um, people who, you know, want to build um, technologies that either, you know, help people become superhuman or help people, you know, deal with very human conditions. Those people tend um, to believe that the human itself can change. Uh, so they tend to be open uh, to uh, growth work. But then also on the investor side, one of the things that you're starting to are um, venture firms bringing in coaches at the beginning of Series A, because one of the things that they're seeing is that if you have an entrepreneur who is unwilling to be vulnerable, chances are that person's going to hide to you as the investor what's going on. And when you start to load in a lot of money, because Series A has gotten so much bigger than it was before, when you start to load in a lot of money, then um, a lot of investors are starting to see coaching as a way to de-risk the investment by increasing the skill set of the executive so that they can uh, you know, more, more adequately um, address what's going on in their companies, but also so that the investors can help them. Uh, so they so they so you end up coaching them up to the point where they need to be to make it the best investment. Yes, and so so it's a business decision. Um, you know, for many, it's beginning to be a business decision for uh, many investors now. And so what we're doing is, um, you know, rather that than that being a onesie twosie kind of thing, we're actually you know coming in at early stage and saying, okay, you know, these are the these are the skills that you should start to develop now. Um, because it will make you a better entrepreneur, increase the likelihood of you being successful, and it will increase your ability to be responsible uh, with the um, power um, that you will have. Um, you know, like I, I'll give you an example. It's like, you know, in 2016, um, a uh, lab at MIT was able to do prediction of group behavior by watching human behavior, by watching 5,000 hours of um, of sitcoms. So, uh, you know, that's still a, a narrow application, but how that would show up in the world is, um, you know, video of a, you know, video of a conference. So let's say the Future Tech Conference, um, being able to um, tell, you know, 30 seconds to a minute in advance of who's going to meet one another. I mean, it's like, that's probably not a great application, but that's possible, right? Like, that's possible. Um, so, you know, the if you if you ask Facebook, um, you know we are psychological data. If you ask that lab, behavior is data. The brain is data. Um, I was at a conference a couple of last summer, the Brain Mind Conference at uh, Stanford, and one of the questions was to the neuroscientist, "What are your biggest concerns, or uh, like what's your biggest obstacle to success?" Um, and their answer was. It surprised me. I was expecting a biological dilemma. The answer was computing power. Um, a year later, today, uh, you could sign up to use the D-Wave, which is a quantum computer. That wasn't available last year for people. It's available now. And so brain data, um, there's some early stuff on um, the gut biome um, and depression and psychological mood um, because people are sequencing the gut biome and then noticing that there was a correlation between these psychological states and, um, and um, you know, certain, micro, uh, certain uh, items in the gut biome. 
And so um, one of the things was like taking, um, doing a, a transplant from the gut of a depressed mouse to the gut of a, a not depressed mouse and the new mouse getting depressed. And so that means that there's like, so our gut biome is now data and there's a way to affect the human mind through the gut. And so all of these things, it's all like, it's all data. Um, and, you know, everyone who's got a smartphone, who has IoT in their house, um, who is sending off their DNA to anybody, um, is, you know, now sort of like fully revealed. And these things are starting to um, complement one another in a way that is making, you know, our inner life fully revealed. Like our inner life as humans um, is fully revealed, fully measurable. It's not all that we are, but, you know, like it's going to become fully revealed. And so with that kind of ability to get inside the minds and bodies of people, you have got to be responsible with that power. And, um, and it's a huge business opportunity. As I said, we're moving from doing to being. Today, you know, even not with that transition, it's already a $3 trillion annual market opportunity of what people are currently spending for the same, um, uh, you know, for the same outcomes um, that you'll be able to deliver with technology. And so, um, you know, if you, if you follow Yuval Harari, who wrote Sapiens and Homo Deus, like this is, this is the, the, one of the next biggest markets. And so what we're trying to do is, you know, is equip people to have that kind of power in advance um, because it's coming. And when you think about all that you've uncovered up to this point, what are some of the difficulties that you encountered when you're putting together the lab? And actually putting it together. Well, you know, we started four years ago, and at the very beginning, it was people really not understanding what we were doing. Um, you know, we were a little bit ahead of our time, just a little bit. You know, that when you're on the emerging edge, it's always like, are you too early or not? Um, so we were a little bit ahead of our time. Um, but, you know, in the last year, the focus on mental health, the understanding of the cost, like cost to on insurance, cost to society, um, the, you know, number of very famous people are coming forward, like The Rock just said he was depressed, <laughs> you know, so the, the stigma is going away. So, you know, people are um, paying attention to mental health. I just talked to an entrepreneur yesterday. Suicide is the leading cause of death for people 50 to 24 in India. Like, that's just like shocking, right? Um, and if you look at China and other places, like these are not dissimilar numbers. And so people are really having a hard time and governments and uh, companies are paying attention because if your employees are stressed or depressed, you know, they're not performing anyway. Um, so that has just in the last year. Um, and then AI um, driving awareness of the future of work. And, you know, depending on the estimate, people say that there's going to be a job loss anywhere you know, up to 47% of current jobs, up to 800 million. Those are the biggest estimates I've seen. The truth is that there's so much variance, no one actually knows, um, but it's going to be a big impact. And, you know, people, very intelligent people, um, especially a lot of people in AI are realizing that the world is not prepared for what that means. And it's going to come faster than anyone thinks um, because everything is half-lifing so fast now. Um, and then, you know, so that has been the last year. And then the last part is that, you know, when Elon Musk announced that he was investing into Neuralink, um, all the people who sort of follow him in other areas started to realize what's possible in terms of enhancing and changing human cognition. Um, you know, quite a lot is the answer. And, um, and so that's coming fast, too. So just in the last year, 
this has changed. So to answer your question, what was really hard is in the beginning, I was like, this is happening. This is important. We have to get ahead of this. And, um, you know, people, you know, were like, what? And now um, every person that I talk to, um, you know, realizes the importance. And, and um, so like my speaking engagements are, you know, really a lot of them now. Um, so it's good. Like the world is, we're all kind of starting to recognize this is a area of importance and it's an area that doesn't have to be deterministic like we can design what we want um and so that's what my community does we're builders and so and and so we're we're we've been talking about some of the difficulties that that were there when putting it together and like you said a lot of that has changed just in the space of a year or two but uh when i when i use the phrase maybe main achievements for the lab what comes to mind first i would say that the main achievement for our lab has been creating community um, and and um, defining the sector because we actually really defined it. Uh, we were the first out to say to recognize these technologies that were in different silos and um, define them into a single group that people could see, and then to you know present the numbers and the data and the impact to investors. So you know investors are starting to. Um, come into the sector, which at that time, you know, it was so hard to get seed funding and seed stage funding uh, for researchers and scientists, entrepreneurs, and and that type of thing, because people weren't really taking, um, you know, non-productivity software very seriously, like non-efficient software seriously. Um, but now that you know people see it, um, that's changed. So our biggest accomplishment is having, I think, accelerated that, um, made a there there. So now that, you know, resources and entrepreneurs can find the place um, to work on what is the most important thing facing mankind, um, because behind all of, you know, behind all of this other technology are people. And uh, if those people, um, you know, are you know, still operating from like the lowest level of consciousness or still operating from, you know, from, um, you know, wherever they're at uh, today, then, you, you know, we don't move into the next society. And so when, and I know you, you guys have, uh, I'm sure you, you guys have batted around a lot of different ideas, concepts, and that kind of thing. Are, are are there any developments that people have suggested that may seem like they're a little too soon? Like like you hear an idea and it's, well, that's something that could maybe happen three to five years out, but not this year or next year. There are plenty of things that are, uh, there are plenty of things that are live right now. Like we have a list called the TransTech 200. And it's 200 companies with products and services that you can buy today uh, for these three areas that I've described. Um, sleep is a really big category because, um, you know, if you can't sleep, then well-being is impossible for you. Um, so there are, you know, neurostimulation devices, um, biostimulation devices um, that you can buy today um, that have a dramatic effect on the ability to sleep and uh, dealing with insomnia and sleeplessness. Um, there are, um, so there's products today. There was just a product, um, uh, the vagal nerve is a, a nerve that has a huge impact on human psychological well-being. Um, it also is um, associated with migraines and also associated with the female orgasm. Um, so it's a pretty powerful nerve. Um, and there was an FDA, uh, the FDA just approved a device for migraines um, that um, uses the vagal nerve. Um, so there's there's plenty of products that you can buy and use today, and then there's a lot that's coming. 
like one of the people who spoke at our last conference is um, Mary Lou Jepson, who was the head of uh, the brain stimulation program over at uh, Facebook and now has left and is doing um, a company called Open Water where they are miniaturizing fMRI uh, or the ability to sort of like see into the body at that level of resolution that an fMRI does. Um, the side effect of that is um, you may or may not know this, but seven years ago um, is when the first it was done successfully the first time. But um, researchers were able to reconstruct what people had seen. So if you watched a movie or looked at a photo uh, while you were scanned, the image that you were looking at could be reconstructed from the data, like the data. So not not even so I could I could just take the data rolling off your brain and reconstruct so that you could put the two images side by side, what you were looking at. That was seven years ago, which in tech terms is like, that's like a million years ago. Um, and so she saw that and said, well, I can up the resume on that. Um, and so, you know, fast forward, she just presented at TED and at DLD last week or this week. Um, and, you know, they're probably going to have units out next year. Um, but the other thing you can do besides for identify tumors and stuff like that is that potentially that could allow for brain-to-brain -brain communication. It could allow me to, if I'm your interior designer, I could come in and, like, look at your space, imagine how it would be, and then airdrop it to you, right? Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. So that 10 years, like, that five years, that's why you see why we think personal development is so important. Like, you have got to have your act together as a human if you, you know, have the ability to make things that powerful. Man, I, <laughs> I was just thinking about what you were saying, the interior design example. You're basically, it's like a brain-to-brain -brain drop box sort of a situation. Yeah, I could totally airdrop to you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's what's coming. i got to say, I'm looking forward to that one. That it sounds really very, very cool. <laughs> but, uh, what, uh, so what would you say uh, life looks like for the, for the lab? over the next 12 to 24 months? What does is, what is the roadmap look like for you guys? Yeah, so um, we, are, we are starting. We're going to be accepting applications for the Academy June, uh, and then we're going to run the Academy in uh, September. Then our conference for you know, entrepreneurs and makers um, and researchers is in November. Um, and on the other side of that, you know, we feel that we will have identified all of the best companies in the world, even ones that, you know, including ones that we don't know about today. And then after that, we'll be really inviting investors in um, to sort of like really see, um, you know, where the opportunities are and then, you know, doing it again the following year. Oh, okay. So you have it already all laid out. And for those who want uh, more information or more detail, or just want to engage with you guys, what's the best way to get in contact? Um, the best way to get in contact is to, to, or the best way to understand, um, well, uh, I'm going to answer your question. The best way to get in contact is, um, one, to ping me through LinkedIn, uh, Nicole Bradford on LinkedIn, or uh, on my website at NicoleBradford.com. Our conference website is eConf.org, and that would allow someone to read around and you know, understand more about what we're doing and also sign up for our newsletter um, to get in touch with us. And then the lab site is uh, TransTechLab.org. Uh, we're a nonprofit, um, and so you can also see all of our advisors and, uh, you know, our university affiliations and, you know, and our detailed 
bios to really understand, um, you know, our, um, you know, business and um, academic credentials uh, for what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, those are the best ways to do it. Oh, that's great. Like I said, thank you for coming in and being on the podcast today. And, and, you know, we, we appreciate your expertise and your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here. Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.